Today is Wednesday, April the 6th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, it is game day as South Carolina baseball travels to Charlotte, North Carolina to take on the 22nd ranked North Carolina Tar Heels at Truist Field. Guys, I'll break down the game in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk UNC, their pitching, their hitting. Also, of course, talk the Yardcocks, who they've got on the bump, what to watch for, key player of the game, and I will lock in my prediction as well. Also, guys, we have got a fantastic conversation, a great interview with current Gamecocks quarterback Luke Doty as we discuss his career, including being a true freshman back in 2020, changing positions, the transition from Will Muschamp to Shane Beamer, the 2021 football season, winning the Dukes Mayo Bowl, current spring practice updates, and look ahead of the 2022 football season. Guys, all that much more on a packed episode of the Spurs Up Show. And of course, guys, it's brought to you by the Spurs Up Show store. Guys, TSUS.store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Be sure to stay tuned to all of our latest drops, including t-shirts, tank tops, long sleeves, hoodies, pullovers, koozies, stickers, flags, you name it. We got it. Everything you need to satisfy your Gamecocks merchandise needs. So again, guys, that's TSUS.store. TSUS.store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gents, boys and girls, happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, I hope this show does find you out. No matter where you are, what you are doing. Hope you're staying safe, staying dry. From the interesting weather we've had in the Carolinas over the last 24 hours or so, a couple of tornado warnings, and apparently you guys still had to go to class. I'm not sure what Harris Pastides and the crew over at USC are doing, but either way, we should be past the worst of it. I don't know if we have any golf fans or anybody who will be tuned into the Masters this weekend, but we have got beautiful weather lined up in the CSRA, beautiful weather lined up in Augusta, Georgia, for, in my unbiased yet biased opinion, because I am from that local area, the greatest golf tournament in the history of the world the Masters set to get going this weekend. But again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you're having a fantastic week. And again, like I said, I appreciate your love and support from the business, the content, the merch, everything that we do. Again, guys, I want to say a big thank you to you all for your continued love and support. Again, we've got a packed show, a busy show. Of course, it is game day as South Carolina is set to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels in a bit of a border war in Charlotte, North Carolina. Always fun and exciting when those teams match up on the diamond. Guys, before we dive into everything really quickly, just a couple of quick reminders. With the game tonight at 7, you might be wondering, Chris, are you still doing 10 roof? The answer is yes. We'll be at 10 roof tonight at 6 o'clock. I'll probably go till about 7.15 or 7.30, just depending on the start of the game, if you will. But again, we will still be live. $3 drafts. 
$3 rum pull, $3 fireball as well. Great food, great people, great times. Again, guys, calling out the Tin Roof in the Vista. It's always a fun time on Wednesday nights at Tin Roof. And again, we'll be talking Gamecocks, taking your questions. And like I said, I'm probably planning on hanging out around Tin Roof after the live show has concluded and just watching the game probably on my laptop from the bar there. So again, if you guys want to come out, hang out, watch some of the game, not sure exactly how long I'll be out there, but probably going to chill with the boys at Tin Roof and watch the game on my laptop and just hang out, have some drinks, have some food, whatever it might be. But either way, yes, the answer is yes. We'll be at Tin Roof tonight from six o'clock until really just a little bit after first pitch. So again, would love to see you guys out there. Uh, also, just a bit of a side note, guys, uh, and just something I've been thinking about over the last 24, 48 hours or so with the way the baseball season has been going. And again, I, I say thank you to you all because I know you guys are going to continue to show up and listen and tune in and tune into the Daily Crow and, and tune into all the content, all that good stuff, no matter what it is and what it's about. But just something on the top of my mind, and I wanted to express it and just be transparent with you guys, you know, as this baseball season goes, the Gamecocks sit now, what, 13 and 14 overall and three and six in SEC play. And I am someone that, you know, I have plans and ideas for what I want to do content-wise, but I'm also someone that believes in, you know, listening to the market and giving people what they want. And so I just wanted to say that to say this, that there is a chance if things continue to go the way they're going, again, I'm going to continue to break down baseball and give my predictions and thoughts because, again, I'm a baseball guy. I'm not just going to completely abandon baseball content, if you will. That's just not me, right? I'm not a quitter. I think no matter what, win, lose, we're going to be there to the very end. But with that being said, we might start leaning a little more into football content over the next couple of weeks, of course, guys, next weekend, we've got the spring game. And we all know that football is king, not just at South Carolina, but in the SEC. It is 24-7, 365, right? There is no doubt about that. So, again, I just want to make you guys aware, just sort of a side note, if you will. And, again, I know you're all probably thinking, Chris, we're going to tune in no matter what. We're going to listen. We're going to pay attention to the content. I really do appreciate that. But just something I've been thinking about, guys, again, I I'm not going to continue to force – the baseball content down you guys throat if the baseball season continues on the trajectory which it's going and again I hope that's not the case I hope this team obviously beginning tonight makes a turnaround but there is a chance just something I've been thinking about it's like you know what maybe we'll start hammering down the football content a little bit sooner than I expected because again you know, there it gets to a point where it's like, I don't want to force feed this content down you guys' throat when it comes to baseball, when it's like, I know many of you would much rather talk football or look forward to that or what have you. Again, just a random thought, my random thought of the day, if you will, but uh, just keep your eyes peeled. And again, just stay tuned to everything. There's a chance you might see a little bit more football content than normal, at least, for this time of the year. But again, guys, we've got plenty of time to talk football. Let's talk yard cocks on the diamond tonight as South Carolina takes on the 22nd ranked North Carolina Tar Heels at seven o'clock in Charlotte, North Carolina at Truist Field. Guys, if you cannot be there in person, the game will be streamed on ACC Network Extra. Uh, the head coach of the Heels of the ACC, of course, Scott Forbes. You look at UNC again, ranked 22nd. They are 20 and eight overall and six and six in ACC play, and they'll be looking to bounce back as they come off of a series loss to the Virginia Tech Hokies. And for UNC, this is sort of a traditional UNC team. It starts on the bump, a 3.07 ERA, and they will be throwing right-handed pitcher Gage Jillian, who is 1-1 one one with a 3.57 ERA. And again, guys, of course, this is a yearly matchup, if you will, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I know many of you do not like the matchup because South Carolina has really struggled against UNC at times in this game. But again, a really fun one in the border war. But UNC, you always know when you face them, it's going to be a really, really tough battle in regards to swinging the sticks. And again, the ERA shows that with, again, a 3.07 ERA for the heels. They can also swing the stick a little bit too, hitting 276 a team. So nothing, nothing overwhelming, if you will, but they've got studs, man. Angels are rots where it starts 368 with a homer and 17 RBI. You then look at Johnny Castagnazzi hitting 333 with seven bombs and 16 ribbies. And then finally, Vance Honeycutt hitting just 268. But guys, get these numbers: eight home runs, 19 RBI, and he's 19 for 21. 
in stolen bases. So again, the kid has power. He hits for average. He also has athleticism. He can steal bases. So again, a really, really good player for UNC. And again, this is a UNC team, guys, I would expect. You're going to see the heels in the postseason. Will they host? I think they're sort of on the fringe of that, most likely. But UNC is certainly a very proud program. We're all familiar with North Carolina and what they do on the baseball field, what they do on the diamond. So again, a really tough matchup for the Gamecocks. Yet again, guys, let's dive into USC. But before we do, though, I want to tell you about our latest partner, latest sponsor, the best real estate agent, the best real estate team in the local Columbia area. Of course, guys, I'm talking Marissa Kennedy, realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Colwell Banker. And guys, the proof is in the pudding. When you look at the numbers, this team helped with over 250 families last year. They work with both buyers and sellers in Columbia and the surrounding areas, and they do premium advertising to sell your home faster with high-quality pictures and video. Last year, guys, they sold homes for on average 5.4% more than the competition. And right now we're in a seller's market, but Marissa is able to get buyers under contract in new homes by being available to show homes as soon as they hit the market, collaborating with listing agents to write offers that meet the needs and wants of the sellers, and keeping up clear communication throughout the entire process to ensure that you make it to the closing table without a hitch. Guys, give Marissa a call today, 803-406-1800. That's 803-406-1800. Also, be sure to go like her Facebook page, at Marissa Kennedy Realtor. That's at Marissa Kennedy Realtor on Facebook. So again, guys, if you're in the market, look no further. The best real estate agent and the best real estate team in the local Columbia area, that's Marissa Kennedy, Realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Coldwell Banker. And be sure to tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. All right, guys, let's dive into the USC side of things. Uh, right in the picture, Eli Jones will once again get the start for South Carolina. Of course, guys, he started last week in the midweek against Presbyterian. You know, and I thought Eli, and that's a more start, guys, in regards to the top storylines and what you're looking for is Eli Jones towing the rubber yet again. And I know it was a bit of a rough start. You know, first start coming off of Tommy John, I, I thought the velocity was there. I thought the stuff was pretty good. Just didn't miss a lot of barrels for whatever reason. Uh, seemed to got hit around. Again, that night was doomed from the start. It just felt like an ominous night from the very beginning. But Eli Jones, you know, taking the bump once again, you need to continue to develop these arms and find guys, as we saw guys over the weekend, that can help you in the bullpen, and they're going to step up. Can Eli Jones have an improved outing? Again, I liked what I saw in regards to velocity, and he looked healthy. That's the biggest thing. He did look healthy. But now you need to see him execute at a higher level and miss some barrels and throw up a couple of zeros. Uh, the other thing, guys, I'm watching for, and, and again, you speak to the bullpen and you speak to the struggles from the previous weekend. And my question is just simply this. Do the Gamecocks have the arms to compete in the midweek? And, and I know that's a very harsh question, but, uh, you know, right now you have to question it because, you know, we've seen the midweek struggles against Xavier, the Citadel, Presbyterian, guys, when's the last time the Gamecocks won a midweek game? It has been what feels like forever. And a lot of it comes down to the pitchers that are throwing in these games. They simply put are not setting the tone for you because it all starts on the rubber, guys. You know, again, I, I, I'm very critical on each part of the game, but I'm especially critical on the pitching side because I look at it, you know what? Hey, if you throw up zeros, we're going to win. If you don't allow the opponent to score – we're going to win. And not only have you not been doing that, but as Mark Kingston cited last week, you've got veteran guys who have been at South Carolina for a while now and dudes that you feel like you should be able to depend on. And for whatever reason, you just simply can't do it. You just simply cannot turn to these guys. So can the Gamecocks find some guys to step up? Because, again, guys, you know, it doesn't matter if you bounce back and you go 15 and 15 or even 16 and 14 or whatever you go in the league. If you can't win a midweek game, it's going to come back to haunt you in the long run. So, again, does South Carolina, is there anybody that's going to step up and provide you quality arms in the midweek to actually help you win a midweek game? On the offensive side, guys, what I'm looking forward to, um, just a team trying to find some consistency. I, I mean, again, we've seen this team at times, you know, figure it out, and, and, and there's been bright spots and moments of brilliance, and then other times look completely lost. And, and, guys, unfortunately, when you look at this team statistically, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers lie as well at times. But a lot of times, guys, the numbers don't lie. And you look at this team right now sitting below 500, 
27 games in. Well, guys, the numbers tell the story. I mean, again, you're 13 and 14 overall. You're one and seven on the road and three and six in league play. Well, guys, I, I mean, you're hitting 261 overall as a team. You have a 5.38 team ERA. And get this, here's your SEC numbers. South Carolina through nine games in league play because you could look at UNC tonight and say, you're going to see SEC quality arms. I really believe that. In SEC play, you're hitting it 202. 202 in SEC play. And your ERA in nine contests, nine SEC games, 6.57. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. That, that's why South Carolina has the worst record in this conference. That's why, bottom line. Those numbers do not lie. So, on the offensive side specifically, hitting, I would say, 202 against quality pitching. Let's call it what it is. You're hitting 202 against quality pitching. Are you able to use a game tonight to find any sort of offensive consistency? And here's the tough thing, too. You're at a ballpark where you're not going to be able to depend on the long ball. I mean, Truist Field's a big ballpark. I, you know, I was at the first Charlotte game. will not be there, of course, tonight. But – that's a big yard, man. That, 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 is a, that is a tough place to poke the ball out of. You really got to get a hold of it. So you're not going to be able to lean on the home run if that was your if that was your game plan, your method of attack. Is South going to able to find any offensive consistency against a really, really good UNC pitching staff? And then finally, guys, what I'm looking for and, and really what all the previous points culminate to is this, a ball club that is just simply looking for some sort of answers. Because, guys, as I told you before, you know what? You can mail it in, right? You, you can be done with this season. And I'm not even blaming you because tonight's game, guys, believe it or not, tonight's game officially marks the halfway point. Believe it or not, we are halfway through baseball season. Isn't that crazy? We are halfway through it, right? This is game number 28, and you play 56. We are halfway through this thing. And so – there's another half of the season to go. So while you can mail it in, I can mail it in. This team cannot mail it in. They got to play 28 more games out of this, 29 counting tonight. Is this a team that folds and this season is just doomed to be disastrous and you're going to be looking to make a change after the season? Or are you able to find any sort of answers? Any sort of answers? Because this is a team that desperately needs something to feel good about. Desperately needs something to feel good about. And while a single win in the midweek might not cure all your woes after losing to the Citadel and Presbyterian in back-to-back -back weeks, you could use a win over a ranked opponent. So is this club able to find any sort of answers, any sort of momentum that it can cling to because it desperately needs it? Guys, let's move to my key player for tonight's game. And as we've seen guys over the weekend, you know, you come off a weekend against Mizzou where you feel like you had that series in the bag and you somehow, some way end up losing two of three. Well, your bullpen woes are what are killing you. And a guy that I would fully expect to pitch tonight and someone that needs to continue to come along is right-handed pitcher, Brett Thomas. And again, it's not even so much about the impact he'll make in this game, why he's my key player, but he's my key player because there's some, that's somebody they're really high on. And just someone that this, this team desperately needs to pitch well. They need him to come into his own and be one of their top bullpen arms because right now you just don't have anybody, guys. You're depending on your freaking shortstop to close out games. That's just where you are. So, Brett Thomas, for me, you need arms to step up. Can he be a dude that steps up for you in this one and sort of builds off this one to be a play a much bigger role if you out of the bullpen the rest of the way out? Guys, let's move into my prediction for this one as the Gamecocks look to upset the 22nd-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. And, again, guys, you hit the midway point of the season tonight, which is crazy. I mean, the season flies by, right? And at best, at best, you're going to be a 500 team, 28 games through. And that's that's – really sickening it's hard for me to say that it's hard for me to say that right but that's who you are you are who you are the numbers speak to it and they are ugly and you rank basically at the bottom of the sec in all categories all statistics if you will and while north carolina isn't necessarily an omaha type club if you will very very high quality team um baseball is a funny game 
anything can happen. And guys, I'm not going to be one, like I said, to, to mail it on the season. I'm going to continue to cover the Yardcocks. I love South Carolina baseball. I'm going to continue to be here, win or lose. It does not matter. But after this previous weekend, it's hard for me to say anything other than this season's going nowhere fast. That's how it feels, at least. It feels like this season is headed down a very similar path as what 2019 was, in which the Gamecocks went 8-22 and 22 in SEC play. And I don't know if they'll go quite that poorly in league play. But, I mean, we're talking about a group, guys, that doesn't have enough pitching to beat Missouri two out of three. Didn't have enough pitching to beat Presbyterian. Didn't have enough pitching to beat the Citadel, right? Didn't have enough pitching to beat Xavier. Why would I believe they have enough pitching to beat North Carolina, who is a very high-quality club? Again, this is going to be a team, would it shock me? Would it shock me if the Gamecocks won tonight? No, it wouldn't, because it's baseball, it's the midweek, anything can happen, and we've seen this team. When it plays its best, it can hang with some of the elites. But I'm in the business of making predictions based off of known commodities, as I've said before. I've said that about football. I've said that about every other sport. And it applies to baseball as well. And while baseball is a funny game and anything can happen, I just don't see, guys, how the Gamecocks pitching is going to hold up. And until South kind of can go out and prove to me that it can win a midweek game of any kind, not just beating a North Carolina. I mean, you couldn't beat Presbyterian last week. And it's a team that's reeling, that truly is searching for answers. And, again, I question the leadership, guys, from the top down, from Mark Kingston to the assistants to the graduate assistants to everybody on that roster. I question it. I question it greatly. And as I told you before, this just isn't a very good baseball team. And that's unfortunate, and that's really – and it hurts me to say. But in this game specifically, again, sticking to this one, UNC's got a much better ball club than you. Your pitching won't be able to hold up. Again, they've got really, really good ball players, and, and I, I think you'll fight them. I think you'll battle this, and I don't think it's going to be some double-digit game or anything, but I think UNC, they will have too much firepower for a South Carolina team that, again, is just struggling to do anything positive in the midweek. With that being said, guys, lock me in. I've got North Carolina winning this game. Give me Tar Heels 9, Gamecocks 4 in this ball game, UNC nine, South kind of four. Again, I, I, I just don't think the Gamecocks have enough to go blow for blow with UNC. And I do think they will get the dub. And I think at the halfway point, I think you're going to see South kind of be 13 and 15 overall at the literal halfway point of this 2022 baseball season. So again, give me UNC nine, USC four, lock me in guys. We'd love to hear your prediction, your thoughts on the game, what you're looking for, uh, overall thoughts on UNC. And again, if you're going to go to the game, Make sure you have safe travels. Truist Field is a beautiful ballpark. If you've never been, I highly suggest you go. But, uh, yeah, should be a fun one tonight in the Queen City. And uh, Gamecocks will look for a very, very big win. The upset-minded Yardcocks, if you will. A win they desperately need. Because, again, you're looking for any sort of positive momentum as you go back in a league play to take on the Georgia Bulldogs, who just swept the Florida Gators. And, of course, we'll have a full breakdown of that series on Friday. My predictions, my thoughts on it, all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, just a team looking for any sort of success in the midweek. And we'll see if they can get it tonight in CL. But guys, again, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said, guys, be sure to come on out tonight to 10 Roof, 6 o'clock. If you cannot be there in person, we will stream it live from 6 till about 7.15 or 7.30. Of course, first pitch at 7. So I will have that game on. I'll be watching that game from 10 Roof in the Vista. But again, appreciate you all tuning in, guys. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Go Cox, beat UNC, and enjoy this conversation with Gamecocks quarterback Luke Doty. All right, guys, joining us here on the Spurs Up show, very excited. He joined Gamecocks football back in 2020. He's a current member in his third year, a part of the Gamecocks. He's played in 13 games thus far in his career, throwing seven touchdowns. The pride of Myrtle Beach, Mr. <laughs> Beach made himself Gamecocks quarterback, Luke Doty, joining us here today on the show. Luke, man, I appreciate you taking the time. It is an absolute pleasure to chat with you, man. Thanks so much for taking the Absolutely. time to come on. No doubt, man. No doubt. 
For sure. So, Luke, let's let's start on the field first because, again, we got a lot to get into. But, again, you're from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You joined Gamecocks football back in 2020. And, of course, I don't mm-hmm. have to go through what made 2020 such a crazy year with the COVID stuff and the way the season went down and, of course, a coaching change. But specifically for you, my friend, you came in as a quarterback. You've gone from quarterback to receiver, back to quarterback. And what I love about you, man, is you've remained so humble through it all. You know, some guys would have gotten frustrated or disgruntled with changing positions. And But you've said many times, you're like, I'm a Gamecock. I want to help mm-hmm. the team any way I can. But just talk about what it's been like for you, you know, going through those position changes. Because, of course, yeah. I mean, it's not as simple as just, oh, I'm going to play wide receiver tomorrow. Like, you have to learn these things. And certainly with you being a quarterback, you know, you know the playbook in and out. But how has that been? What's that been like going from QB to receiver back to QB? And how have you been able to, um, you know, take it and go, go with it in such stride, if you will, and have so much success since you've been at yeah. USC? Well, I think, um, like you said, when I first got here, uh, obviously came in as a quarterback, uh, kind of the same situation that the carry on was in. Uh, you know, he came out of high school as a, as a you know, great quarterback and, and me in the same way. But, um, you know, got here and um, obviously COVID with COVID and everything, kind of kind of threw some things off, but uh, came back over the summer, got back to work. And then um, Coach Bobo, um, who's obviously at Georgia now, um, he called me one night and he was like, hey, man, um, you know, you're we, we need you out on the field. Uh, we need you to be ready regardless. So uh, how do you feel about, you know, going and playing some wide receiver for us? Because obviously Colin Hill was was returning from an ACL injury and uh, we kind of had a feeling that, you know, he was going to be the guy just because he'd been in the system for so long. Um, and, you know, I was, I was more than happy to do it. Um, I did it in high school and had a lot of fun with it. Um, and then for, you know, the, the majority of the summer camp, uh, and really all, all of the, the, you know, my freshman season, um, was all, all wide receiver and just kind of back and shot Smith up. That was a lot of fun getting to kind of learn the game from, from a, a wide receiver standpoint, you know, especially in college, that's obviously a lot different than high school, um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, like I said, just being behind shy and, and kind of learning the game, um, you know, through him and just kind of, you know, kind of seeing what he's seeing, um, you know, on every single rep. Cause obviously he's, he's in the NFL now and mm-hmm. he's doing really well. So, um, that, that was a guy that I, you know, I always looked up to when, when I was playing that position, uh, just because he went out there and, and put his head down and, and really just, did his thing. Um, and that, that's just kind of, I kind of took that, you know, and try to apply it to my game, you know, just go out there, uh, you know, go into a different, go into a different realm, go into a different mindset, um, and just, you know, perfect your craft each and every single day, whether that be meetings, practice, lift, um, anything like that, just every single day, finding something to, to get better at. Um, and I think that applies to the quarterback position as well. You know, you can never, you can never know too much. You can never, you know, learn enough. You know, we're, we're always, we're always learning new things, especially, you know, now because we're in spring ball and we've got a lot of time to install things and, and, you know, kind of put together our base game plan for, for what we're going to do during the season. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. And um, obviously transitioning back to, to quarterback was, um, was really just something that, that I had to get you know used to again, because, you know, it's going from two different positions, but, I definitely think that that playing wide receiver helped me, um, you know, kind of slow the game down um, because I've been in those in those places where the wide receivers are going. Um, I kind of have a different feel for uh, when they're getting in and out of a break uh, just because I, I, I've experienced that. I've been on the other side of, um, you know, not only throwing the ball, but catching it as well and, and making something happen with it. So I think it's a uh, it, it was a blessing. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun doing it um, and. Like you said, man, I'm I'm a I'm a gamecock, man. Whatever whatever's good for the team is good for me, um, and you know I'll, I'll always be that way. Now, do you think you're a better receiver or a better quarterback? Like if, you, <laughs> if you had to if you had to pick one, like what do you yeah. what do you think? If you had to if you had to judge yourself, grade yourself, yeah. As far as maybe now and like potential, what do you think, receiver yeah. or quarterback? And do you prefer one or the other? Like, is there one that <laughs> I'm sure there were things about receiver you may may have found yeah. that you really enjoyed or. Or, or didn't, but I mean, is yeah. there one you prefer over the other? Um, I don't think, I think there, there were things that I, I love about both. Obviously I've played quarterback my whole life. So that's, that's kind of where my heart lies, but, um, and I, I only played receiver for, I guess you could call it a total of, of two years in my career, um, high school and then my freshman year. 
but uh, yeah, I, like I said, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and I still, I still talk crap and, and give the DV some crap about it. Uh, you know, some of the guys that are still here, uh, you know, just cause I, you know, go out there and, and route somebody up every once in a while, you know, cause I'm still, I was still getting the, getting the hang of things, uh, kind of getting my feet back underneath me. And obviously it's a different craft, um, you know, different, different mechanism of, of running. And uh, there's definitely an art to it. Um, that's another thing that, that Shy taught me just kind of, you know, finding ways to get open, find ways to create space in between you and the other guy, the guy that's defending you. Um, so that, that was always a lot of fun, you know, especially in practice doing the one-on-ones and stuff and it always gets competitive and, and that's what I loved about it. So, um, I wouldn't, you know, I, I would, I would go back to it if I, if I had to, but, uh, quarterback is definitely where my heart lies. Yeah, certainly you've got the speed and athleticism to do it. Right? That, that is for certain. <laughs> yeah. fact. Now, again, the 2020 season was crazy. Um, you did start those last three games mm-hmm. under center against Mizzou, Georgia, at Kentucky. Played really good football, especially the game, you know, against Georgia. You went 18 for 22, 190 yards, a touchdown. And, of course, we look at what Georgia did last year and just mm-hmm. how elite they are defensively. So, again, a, a really good way to uh, get your feet wet in regards to SEC play. But, Obviously, the 2020 season was crazy. You go through a coaching change. You go through adversity. Um, and Shane Beamer takes over. You know, we, we hear a lot on the outside about love and gratitude and family and, and culture. That word gets thrown around so much. And love your brother. But talk about the transition. And if you can expand on all those things I just mentioned, the, the culture change, if you will. We yep. saw it on the field last year. But what does that really mean? What do you feel like has mm-hmm. been the biggest change? What did Shane Beamer immediately bring to Gamecocks football that positive that that positively impacted you guys so quickly? Yeah, um, I think it was all the things that you just mentioned, you know, love, attitude, family, um, you know, caring about your brother, caring about your teammate. You know, I, I think that was that was one of the biggest things that that kind of changed really overnight, um, you know, in the locker room on the field. Um, you know, at first, you know, you obviously you got some guys that are you know, kind of shine away from it, like, oh, you know, because a lot of older guys, you know, because they've been through a lot, you know, there's hard to trust when you've had, you know, coaches come in and out, you know, every single year. So um, some of them were, were, were kind of hesitant towards it, but, you know, it, it didn't take long for them to realize that, you know, this isn't fake. This isn't just like, you know, some coach talk, like this is real. Um, and, it, and it was, um, and it still is. Uh, Cause that's, that's what coach Beamer is about, man. He, he, you know, the, one of the biggest things, and I tell everybody this, um, obviously COVID was a crazy year and, um, you know, there, there really weren't many people allowed in the building, but um, the amount of families that, that I saw, um, you know, during my first, you know, couple, couple months there were, was very little. Um, but as, as soon as coach Beamer got here, man, it was like, you know, you got kids running around, you got, you know, families in there, grandparents, like, husband wives like whoever it is um you know they're welcome and that's that's something that you know for me obviously because I'm a big family guy Mm -hmm. um that that was something that I noticed immediately was just how welcoming um everybody was and how welcoming that um everybody's families were to you know coming in and uh meeting a, a new group of guys a new group of you know players and just little things like that that kind of go unnoticed at at some points but uh, when it, when it really comes down to it, you know, that, that's the important thing you want, you want some, you know, a, a coach and a coach and staff that, that means what they say um, and, and that stand by it. So I definitely think that's, you know, that's been great for us, especially like I said, the locker room, you know, the atmosphere in the locker room is a lot different. You know, you got guys that, you know, usually wouldn't, wouldn't have a conversation with each other, you know, they're, you know, chatting it up every single day. So uh, that that was another thing that that I kind of noticed was, you know, everybody everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to have a relationship with with all the players and not just like their specific group of whether it be positions or just guys that they you know came in with. Um, you know, they, they want to have a relationship with everybody, and that's not only the players but the coaches as well. So um, I, I definitely think we're a close knit you know group. I think we're a close knit team. Um, and obviously, last year, you know, having the season that we had the the highs, the lows, it, it just all kind of brought us closer together. Um, and obviously we're, we're looking to have a, a breakout, another breakout season this year. Um, and, it, and really just build on top of that. 
And again, you mentioned Shane Beamer's first season, of course, you guys last year and the ups and the downs and, and certainly the hype and the momentum going in that season um, was something special. But again, it was it was not without adversity for you, because, again, you come into spring ball. Um, I think we all sort of knew, of course, embrace competition, but. You were QB1, you're QB1 throughout the offseason. You know, Coach Beamer obviously saying that, you know, Luke Doty's our guy, Luke Doty's our quarterback. And then literally first week of spring ball, and it's funny, Luke, I think I may have been the one to jinx you because I was sitting there thinking to myself, you know, it feels kind of good to not have a quarterback controversy and not have as much drama around the position. And sure enough, the injury strikes for you. And, uh, you know, obviously with the foot injury you had and all that, just talk about how you were able to be resilient, overcome that adversity. Again, obviously you come back in the Georgia game, and I want to get to that just a second. But, again, you're QB1 all throughout spring ball, the preseason. You get into fall camp. And, again, like I said, Luke, I, I feel like I, I may have jinxed you a bit because I was just thinking to myself in fall camp last year, you know, it, it feels good not to have the, the uncertainty at the quarterback position and all that and going into game one knowing who your quarterback is. And, of course, you get hurt. Um, mm -hmm. And certainly it's the mental side of things for an athlete, you know, with that foot injury you had and getting back to 100%. Just talk about how you were able to deal with that adversity and, and how serious was the injury? Because, again, we didn't know a lot about it when it happened. Yeah. But obviously it was enough to limit you. And I think even Coach Beamer said you didn't play a snap last year where you were really truly 100% on that foot. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you had the surgery after the season. But, I mean, again, yeah. just talk about dealing with that adversity. Again, you go through the entire preseason, you're working your tail off, looking forward to, to being the guy, and, and then you hit that adversity right out of the gate in, uh, in fall camp. Yeah. I think um, I, I really just had to, you know, just to obviously, like you said, you know, work all summer, work all spring, and, and get to that point, um, and then, you know, have something like that happen. I think it just – it really took me, um, you know, kind of stepping away from it and – um, you know, kind of putting my trust and my faith into, you know, the training staff and, um, you know, the, the people that I had around me, my family, my friends, um, to just kind of shift my focus, not just from, um, obviously I wanted to get back out there, but I knew that I had to handle some other things, um, as far as getting, getting as healthy as I possibly could. So I could get back out there. So, um, I really took the time to, you know, from from day one, you know, after it happened, I was in the I was in the training room doing whatever I could to, um, you know, get the swelling out. And um, I went to the hospital and did some like hyperbaric chamber therapy or whatever. And that was that was pretty cool. Um, but just little things like that, that I knew that I had to that I had to do, um, you know, obviously stay in the stay in the film room, stay in, in all the installs and stuff, because. Um, you know, I, I knew that I was going to, you know, get back out there and, um, you know, at least try to try to play as much as I could, um, you know, with it still being a little hurt. And mm -hmm. um, we, we did get to a point where it was, you know, relatively healthy enough to 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 go. Um, obviously, the the Georgia situation wasn't wasn't the best, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I did feel like I was ready to play. Um, you know, I'd been taking mental reps and, and doing things. Uh, doing things like that since I had gotten hurt. So really, I never missed a snap. Um, you know, in my mind, I took all those reps. I took, you know, every, everything that, you know, we did in practice. And, um, you know, whether I was sitting back there on my scooter or crutches or just, you know, kind of in the background just watching it, um, you know, I was always playing the game in my head. And that's how I think I stayed ready. Um, that's how I think I stayed prepared, you know, for when my time came. Um, for when it was, you know, my time to step up and, and, and go out there and play, um, regardless of whether it was 100% or not. Um, you know, I, I, I did what I had to do. Um, obviously, wasn't wasn't the best situation, but um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a team guy. You know, I'm going to do wh whatever I can to, you know, to make things happen and to, uh, to put us in, in positions that we can succeed. Um, and then, obviously, the, the Vanderbilt game came along and, um, heard it in the second quarter. Uh, didn't think much of it. Just kind of, you know, felt felt a little awkward, but um, just kept getting kept getting a little worse over over the course of the game. And um, knew it, knew it was time to uh, knew it was time to step out. Um, and obviously, Zeb came in there and, and and won it for us, which was huge. And um, you know, I can't thank that guy enough for for all that he did for me. I mean, he he prepared me and um, he helped me out so much throughout the season. You know, throughout the games that I played, just um, watching film with him every single day and, you know, kind of seeing how he studied the game and how he prepared, you know, while, while he was playing, you know, in, in, in his years of college, 
just seeing that and the way that he the way that he did things, the way that he operated. Um, I, I really think that was big for me and my development as a quarterback. Um, something that I'm gonna continue to take with me, um, you know, throughout these next years here. Um, and I, I'm just glad he's gonna be back with us, you know, as as long as he can. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, I, I had surgery the week after. Um, and just got right back at it, you know, attacking rehab um, in the weight room every single day, you know, just trying to get trying to get as big as I can, um, you know, just doing what I could to uh, keep my body in, in prime shape. And um, like I said, just keeping a keeping a positive outlook on things because, um, you know, this it, it, it doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, and I realized, you know, pretty quickly it, it can all be taken away from you, you know, just like that. So. Um, I definitely, I definitely think I have a, a better appreciation for the game and, you know, just the things that it, that it brings, you know, not only going out there and, and, and spinning a ball, but, you know, just being around and hanging out with your brothers, hanging out with your boys in the locker room, um, you know, BSing around on the sideline, you know, cracking jokes, messing with each other. Um, you take that stuff for granted a lot, especially because you see them every single day and you're going through all this, this hard stuff. Uh, you kind of take for granted the time that you, the, the amount of time that you spend with each other and um, just how close that, you know, you really get to these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely think I have a, a better appreciation for all that stuff. Um, like I said, not only on the field, but, but off the field as well. And like you said, Luke, you, you were forced into action early into the season. I'm just curious if you had to put a, a number on it percentage wise, mm-hmm. how healthy do you feel like you were? Let's just say Georgia game. I and mean, obviously you yeah. played, in five games last year, man, how mm-hmm. close did you get to a hundred percent? I was, I would say I was relatively close. Um, I think Georgia coming off, like just, you know, pure adrenaline, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously hadn't really, obviously hadn't played in a game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to, I had to kind of, kind of figure out that out when a little, little quickly. Um, but I, I would say, you know, 75 to 80%, you know, we were, we were re- really close you know, to being a hundred percent. Um, and it kept getting better, um, you know, throughout, throughout those games that I did play. Um, and then just, you know, freak accident Vanderbilt, um, got rolled up at, at some point and, um, you know, thing, things happen and, you know, it is what it is. So, but, you know, it's hundred percent now and, um, not, not rolling around on a scooter or anything. So that's always good. <laughs> No, it's great to hear that, man, for sure, because we were wondering yeah. about your recovery. So to hear that you're 100% navigating through spring ball is awesome. Yep. And, again, before we get off that 2021 season, though, Luke, I mean, you, you think of, like you mentioned, the ups and the downs, and you think mm-hmm. of the Georgia game and the the Texas A&M game, and there were there were real moments of adversity. There was uncertainties under center. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, Zeb Nolan was one of the best, I think, arguably the best story in college football last year. No and then what Jason Brown did down the stretch, man. But yep. what I thought was so impressive for you guys is you guys were able to you know again and you speak to the culture keep that positivity though you know up mm-hmm. against the odds going in that final stretch beating florida beating auburn again you notch that sixth win against auburn just just talk about again that that final stretch of the 2021 season and how you feel like you guys were able to like i said in the face of adversity stay positive and ultimately i know that's not the ultimate goal but it was an accomplishment in year one yeah. to get to a bowl game no uh, in coach beamer's first year i think it um and we have a, a leadership council. Um, and I think it just took all of us in that, in that council, just kind of coming together and saying, you know, we've had enough, um, you know, we've had enough of, of losing. We've had enough of just, you know, going out there and, and laying an egg um, regardless of who we're playing, regard, you know, regardless of what the situation is, you know, who we've got, who we don't have, um, you know, we're, we're tired of just going out there and, and, and being, you know, laughing stocks. So I, like I said, I, I think it just kind of took that and the mindset of, of we're going to go out there and do everything that we can to get a win, um, and, and put the team, you know, on our backs and, and really just, like I said, just do everything we can and bring all the young guys and, and guys that, you know, do play a lot, um, bring those guys along as well. Um, and, and I really think it, it took everyone, you know, to have that stretch, you know, down towards the end of the season and into the bowl game. Um, we needed everybody to do that, you know, and that's not just the the starters, the backups, that's, you know, the scout team as well. That's the walk-ons that, you know, don't get much credit that, um, you know, go out there every day, you know, during the season on scout team and give the defense a good look, give the offense a really good look, um, put us in the right place to where 
when we get when we get into those situations in the game that we've already seen it and we've already you know played against it because nine times out of ten um, those guys on scout team are going just as hard if not harder than 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 the starters because you know they've they've got something to prove and you know they they did a hell of a job for us this past season just you know giving us great looks um, and like I said I just can't give enough credit to to them and to everybody else um, because it, it did take everybody. Um, and I, I think it's going to take, I think it's going to be the same this year. You know, um, we got to have everybody on board. We got to have everybody on the same mission. Um, and I definitely think we're, you know, we're really close to that point, you know, especially in spring ball. And that's, that's huge going into summer. And of course, last season, Luke, it culminates in that Duke's Mayo bowl victory. And you mentioned to carry on Joyner earlier in the conversation mm-hmm. and you guys sort of having, you know, a bit of a similar career path in the sense of just being selfless, doing whatever the team asked. But, you know, we, we had heard some rumblings getting closer to that game, and I started hearing that Joyner might be under center, might be playing quarterback. And, I mean, the game he had, it was like out of a dream. Yeah. I mean, just a, a perfect awesome. day for him. And, yeah, I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on that, man, just seeing him do yeah. that. And, of course, I, I have to imagine you guys on the sidelines in the locker room were so happy for him. And certainly Gamecock Nation celebrated that, a guy that, again, has been so selfless and done whatever the coaches have mm-hmm. asked. And, and uh, to see him have that type of performance in such a huge victory, I mean, it, it was yeah. awesome for all parties involved. I mean, it, uh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it, man. Whenever he uh... – Whenever he and I know it's a dream come true for him, and that's I think that's what what gets me the most excited about it. Um, you know, just seeing the way that he performed in high school and the, the things that he was able to do in high school um, is like out of a video game. Um, you know, I, I I remember watching him. You know, during or after after the the Friday night games at Myrtle Beach, uh, you know, we'd get home and turn the TV on and watch you know the regional highlights or whatever and. You know, he'd always be up there just running around, you know, throwing the ball down the field, doing what he did during the bowl game. Um, and obviously he's had a he's had a tough road, you know, bouncing back and forth from positions. Um, but I, I really think it was just um, a combination of, of, you know, elite preparation and just being ready when when your time is called um, and when your number's called. Um, and, and whenever his number was called, um, you know, he put on a show um, and just seeing the way that that he prepared, you know, throughout the the month of December and um, into the the bowl preparation, those two weeks that we had uh, before it, man, it, it was just it was so special to see. And uh, you know, his every time he'd walk into the meeting room, his eyes would light up because you know that's that's his that's his true love. You know, not only just you know playing the quarterback position, you know, wide receiver is he loves the game of football. Um, and you see him out there now, you know, just you know getting after it, running around. Um, but he's also helping out, you know, some of the younger guys and um, even some of the other receivers just, you know, kind of pulling them along, um, you know, kind of giving them advice in different, you know, scenarios, situations, regardless of what what their position is. Um, you know, just kind of being that leader on on the offensive side, being one of those guys that, you know, we know that we can count on and, you know, that we know that we can put him in, in any position and uh, he's going to help us succeed. So, I mean, He's uh he's an awesome dude. Um, uh, I mean, I, I met him, um, I met him for the first time. I think I, I had DM'd him a couple times. Uh, we had talked back and forth on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever. But um, the the day that he won uh, Mr. Football, was, I think was the first time I met him. Um, and I think I went to I went to another a camp with him or something. And um, you know, since then I've always you know taken a lot of pride and and just you know being his friend and being there for him. Um, because he's a selfless dude. Um, you know, he loves everybody. Um, and, and he'll tell you that, you know, every, every time I talk to him, um, you know, the, whether it's on the phone or, or in person, man, he tells you, tells you that he loves you. Um, and, and you know, that he means every word. So he's one of those guys that kind of embodies all everything that coach Beamer's about. Um, and, and certainly what the team is about. So, um, can't wait to see what he's going to do this season. Mm-hmm. Luke, thoughts on Shane Beamer's mayonnaise bath? Where, where's that? <laughs> I, I'm sure that had to be some sort of a topic of conversation. I mean, that was so. And I'm a mayonnaise and, uh, guy, and I was like, that's that's a little that's a yeah. little absurd. Me and uh, <laughs> it was funny because me and me and Seb were were outside of the tunnel, and we were watching on the screens because it, it was so crowded in there, and we were both like, oh god, like I don't know how this is gonna turn out. Like we were, we were so nervous about it, and then like you watch the video on like Twitter or whatever, and they like knock him in the head. Yeah. That so he, was, got, he got that like a low key concussion from that. Also. That's that what was, we were worried about. We we're like, Oh my God. Like he just got, he just got knocked out by some mayonnaise. Like what? And then, you know, 
coming to the locker room and, you know, he's still got like stuff on him or whatever. And everybody's like, all right, like no hugs, no nothing until you like take a good shower. Like don't, don't, don't try to come over here and hug at anybody until you shower. So it was, it was pretty funny. And I know that was a, that was a big thing on, on Twitter or whatever with the, the Mayo bowl or whatever. Mm. Um, but you know, he took it like a champ and, um, you know, I've, <laughs> I'm not a big Mayo person, but, uh, it, it was definitely, definitely funny to watch. A real pros pro for sure. Now, Luke, <laughs> yeah. moving into you guys right now, of course, you're in the middle of spring ball, had your first mm-hmm. scrimmage in spring, of course. And, uh, you know, since that Duke's Mayo Bowl, of course, the the hype and the momentum, and we're already looking ahead to 2022. You know, it's never too mm-hmm. early to talk the next season. And, yep. and certainly you guys as a team have added a lot of pieces since then. Most notably, of course, you know, you add Spencer Rattle to the quarterback yep. room. Austin Stogner is going to be on campus soon, but you've added players at wide receiver, at tight end, at running back, on the defensive side. Just talk about how spring ball going for you. Obviously, you said you're at 100%, which is mm-hmm. awesome. It's great to hear that you're back under center. You know, you added just in the quarterback room specifically, you added Braden Davis, who's a true freshman. Yep. Tanner Bailey's going to be there soon. But overall, how spring ball going for you? How do you feel it's going for the team? And you can talk about that that competition in the quarterback room again, adding yeah. Spencer, adding Braden, and uh, how that's going. No doubt, man. I think it's going well, um, you know, through – I think this was practice – Golly, practice 10, mm-hmm. um, you know, just through 10 practices, just to see the the growth and the, the I think just the the mindset that we've had throughout these 10 practices, um, you know, it, it's really impressive to see. And it's definitely a step forward from where we were at this time last year. Um, and, I, and I think that's a testament to, you know, just the players that we have, um, you know, just the willingness to regardless of how last season went, you know, obviously we went out on top. Um, but you know, just not getting complacent, not getting comfortable, um, you know, with seven wins and a bowl win, um, you know, just coming to work every single day, um, with, with a fire and a drive, um, to really be the best in the sec. Um, and, and, you know, we believe that 100%, uh, we believe that we're going to get to that point. Um, and, you know, I, I think every single day is a grind, um, you know, offense versus defense is always, you know, a heated battle. Um, regardless of, of what period it is, you know, team run, blitz, um, move the ball. Like, it's it's back and forth every single day, um, you know, really every single period. Um, it can go it can go both ways. And, and man, defensively, you know, we, we look awesome right now. Um, offensively, we look really good. Um, obviously, both sides, you know, we got some things to clean up, but that's what spring ball is for, man. You know, you just get get some of the younger guys in there, get some of the new guys in there. Um, get them some some in-game experience Um, obviously in the scrimmage we had a lot of guys play um, so that was awesome Brayden had a really good day for his you know first first collegiate experience you know on a in a you know college atmosphere Um, that so that was really good for him and I'm really excited to see what you know where where he's going to go it's been a lot of fun um, you know teaching him and um, you know obviously some of the younger guys Hayden Lee um, coming in as well uh, just kind of taking them under my wing and and kind of showing them the ropes as far as you know how how the offense is ran um, because I've I've been in the system this will be my second year now um, and it and it it comes pretty easy to me and um, I'd like to think that I can explain it pretty well um, and, and you know those guys understand it so that's been really fun for me um, and that helps me learn um, and that helps me kind of play my game when I'm out on the field. Um, same thing for Spencer that, I mean, that, that just adds another element for us, um, as far as the competition piece goes, um, you know, every, every single day we're finding something to, to get better at, uh, finding something to compete, you know, compete for, compete with, um, you know, we do like our indie periods, um, you know, we throw, we throw balls at trash cans, you know, going through like different progressions and stuff. Um, so that's always like, all right, you know, if, whoever hits the most, like, you know, you get bragging rights or whatever, just little things like that. Always, always finding something to, to, uh, you know, to, to have that competition. And that's, that's a big core value of ours. Um, so that, 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 that's a lot of fun. Um, it gets, gets pretty wild, especially, you know, guys on a guys on a big run and then, you know, either completes it or, um, misses a trash can wall, go crazy or whatever. It's, it's a lot of fun. You know, we have fun with it. So, uh, that's been awesome. And, and, you know, Spencer's been, Spencer's been great. Um, you know, he's a great guy, uh, really positive outlook on things. Um, and, and he's a worker. So 
um, you know, we're excited to have him. We're excited to have Austin come in. Um, he's definitely going to be a big addition for us whenever he gets here, you know, especially in that tight end room. I think he adds another, uh, you know, adds another element with, you know, Jaheim and, and Trey Keenan and all the guys that we have in there. Um, he just adds another element to it. Um, so I think he's going to he's going to help us out a lot. And um, obviously, some of the guys that we're getting this summer, um, you know, they're just going to, you know, fall right in and um, continue to help us get better. Now, Luke, not asking you to expose any secrets, obviously, but of course we sit now. The spring game is literally next Saturday. Any any guys, whether they be new guys or turners that are that are standing out to you or you feel like fans are going to take notice of next week? Yeah. I mean, I've been saying this since, you know, since he first got here. Antoine Wells, um, man, just to see the the way that he's progressed through, you know, just the walkthroughs and stuff that we had back in February and you know, early March before spring ball to where he is now, um, man, he, he's going to be special. Um, you know, just the way, to, just to see the way that he does things out there on the field and um, kind of his, his knowledge and his feel for the game. Um, you know, it, it's something that, that we're definitely going to take advantage of. And, um, you know, we're just going to, we're going to put him in spots and find ways to just get him the ball uh, because he is a, he is a special player. Um, and, and he's, he's a guy that, you know, he wants the ball in his hands. Um, and, and when he has it in his hands, um, he, he's going to make something out of it. Um, and obviously, Marshawn Lloyd, he's in he's in his room right now playing video games. I don't know if you can I don't know if you can hear him. He's talking crap. But uh, he's uh, he, man, he's come so far. And, and obviously, with the adversity that he faced, um, you know, back in the 2020 season, um, you know, just to see the way that that he's come along and how much better he's gotten and how much more comfortable he's gotten. Um, within the offense and, you know, just doing what he does best, you know, running the ball, running fast and, and making people miss. Um, and I think you, we see flashes of that every single day, um, every single period, really, you know, just his athleticism and uh, his ability to not only run the ball, but catch the ball as well in space um, and then just go make something happen with it. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be a special guy for us. Um, and, you know, I'm obviously – I'm behind him 100%. That's my guy. So he's uh, he's gonna he's gonna do well for us. Night spring game, Luke. I gotta imagine you guys are fired up for that. I mean, again, oh, yeah, I, I, I gotta. I don't have like the. I don't know if there's a record books of spring games necessarily, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's the first one ever, man. And I think we're. I think so, uh, yeah. gonna have a gonna have a hell of a turnout, my guy. I know Gamecock yeah. Nation is very excited. I would sure. I'm sure you guys feel that same way. No doubt. No doubt. It's going to be wild. <laughs> going to be lit at Willie B for sure. Now, Luke, before we get you out of here, obviously, man, uh, you know, one of the great things, obviously, that's evolved over the last year or so with college athletics is NIL, name, image, likeness, and you guys being able to benefit off your name, image, and likeness. And, of course, you have taken advantage of that. Like I said, Mr. Beach made at the beginning of the show. Um, I know you've partnered up with Native Sons, nativesons.com, to release an apparel line. I know also, I don't know if this is necessarily with the NIL stuff, but you're working with Connor Shaw and doing quarterback mm -hmm. camps. And you're, yep. you're kind of all over the place, man. Just give people an idea. And, again, I'd love for you to take a moment to promote your brand, what you're doing, because, again, yeah. NIL is such a positive piece. Again, the fact you guys are able to brand yourselves and benefit off your name, image, likeness. But, again, just give the people an idea of what you've been doing specifically with NIL and how it's positively benefited you. Yeah. So I think um, obviously it's one of the one of the biggest things in college football right now. Um, you know, it's it's definitely an opportunity for for athletes all over the country to um, not only promote themselves, but, you know, promote local businesses and and, uh, you know, just businesses that may not get the exposure that, um, you know, some of the, the bigger corporations and stuff do. Um, but it, it's an opportunity for for both parties just to kind of get ahead and uh, really help each other out. Um, and, and I think that's what it's really all about. Um, you know, the, uh, the one that I have with, with Native Sons, um, it just kind of made sense. You know, they, they did all of our, um, they did all of our apparel when, whenever we won the state championship back in 20, 2018 um, down in Myrtle Beach. So they're a local company. Um, they take care of all of the, the mom and pop shops. Um, you know, a lot of the businesses down in Myrtle, uh, they take care of them. They do all their, you know, apparel, their T-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, they're at every single festival that we have down there, you know, country music festival, uh, Jeep Jam, all, all kinds of things. Um, you know, they're there, they're posted up and, and they do so much for the community. So um, it just kind of made sense, you know, me coming out of out of Myrtle Beach and um, the 
the owner and his son, um, you know, being South Carolina graduates, um, you know, we, we've known him for a long time. So, um, you know, we, we, you know, figured some things out, we made a deal and, um, it's been, been awesome. It's been an awesome ride just to kind of see where, where we started with it, um, to where it is now, man, we have, like, I've got my own apparel and that's, that's kind of the, the, one of the biggest things that, you know, I kind of grow up, you know, grow up, you know, looking at is like, man, I can't, what if I have my own apparel, you know, at, at some point in my life and it's just crazy. It's come to fruition. And, you know, now we've got, you know, t-shirts, zip ups, uh, we got a women's line, uh, we got hats coming soon. Um, those will be out, you know, hopefully sometime this week. Um, stickers. I mean, there we've, we've got a whole, whole list of things. I think my, uh, my dad, he, uh, he texted me one night and he's sending me all these like different ideas and stuff. So we've got like a running word document of different, like different ideas and stuff that we can do. So, um, ideas definitely aren't going to run out. Um, and I, and I'm excited to see, you know, just kind of what, what we're going to do in the future. And I can't wait to keep working with them, uh, because they're an awesome company, um, great material, great, um, great service. I mean, they're, they're awesome. So, um, you know, I'm going to try to get some, you know, try to get some, some stuff up here and try to get it in, you know, some of the local stores here, um, you know, sometime down the road. Uh, but that's, like I said, that's, that's down the road and, uh, we'll get that all figured out, but yeah, man, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think it, it really comes down to, um, you know, just kind of, we always say, keep the main thing, the main thing, you know, obviously we're here to play football, but, uh, you know, with with playing football and being out in the community, uh, you know, those opportunities are going to come. Um, so as long as, you know, we do the right thing on the field, um, you know, we're, we're going to be able to do, you know, and, and have those opportunities off the field. So I think that's the really cool. Another really cool thing about it is just being able to capitalize on those things um, and help out in the community. And that's kind of what I'm doing with uh, with Connor Shaw and, and, and his camps. Uh, we're running one down in, in Myrtle Beach um, at the end of May. And, uh, you know, we're, the Boys and Girls Club um, is, is, you know, we're, we're given, I think it's 100 free, uh, 100 free spots for, for, for the Boys and Girls Club of Myrtle Beach. Um, and then the, the other 100 is open to the public. Uh, but it's just an opportunity for, for, you know, kids in that program and kids in the community to come out and, um, you know, really just have some fun, um, you know, get active and uh, run around and, and really, like I said, just have some fun. You know, it's that's what this game is about. That's what, you know, living this life is about is just going out there and having fun with, you know, the people that you love and, um, you know, doing that, doing that kind of stuff every single day. So um, I'm really excited about that. Um, obviously we got the hidden, hidden city music festival coming up. So um, me and my boy, McKaylee are, are really excited about that. I'm excited for the opportunity to promote them and um, really just go out there and, and, uh, and have a good time. So um, should see some, some of that stuff going up tomorrow, um, you know, ticket giveaway and, and some other things like that. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, and we appreciate our friends. Again, I wanted to get to that. The music, uh, Hidden City Music Festival, obviously we've yep. been promoting them as well on social media. And you're obviously, Luke, doing a ticket giveaway, as you mentioned, on your Instagram. Um, so you guys yep. be sure to check that out. And also it's nativesons.com, correct, to access the merch. I know yes, you're sir. promoting – you're pushing it on your own social media channel. So be yep. sure, guys, to check that out. Go buy the merch. Support Luke Doty. Support his brand, his line, if you will. I'm going to have to get myself some, man. I got to get, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> get myself stuff. some. I, yeah, dude, I love it. I've been looking at it while you were talking about it. I'm like, I, I need to get some uh, <laughs> beach-made apparel. I'll be rocking it in the games in the fall. Um, Heck yeah. Luke, this has been a pleasure, man. Seriously, I really appreciate you Absolutely. taking the time. Obviously, I know you have a busy schedule. You guys are in the middle of spring ball, living the life of a student athlete. But, man, I know I speak for all Gamecock fans, and I say, first off, it is awesome that you are 100% healthy. I know that was a major question mark going into spring practice. So the fact that you're out there, man, rocking and rolling and, and doing your thing at the quarterback position is incredible. And again, man, thank you so much for number no one, taking the time, but number two, being such a fantastic representative and ambassador of the university of South Carolina and being again, what I love so much about you, man, is you're just a selfless dude. You're a Gamecock through and through you bleed the garnet and black. You've been good to me. Your family's been good to me. I've talked to your dad before. <laughs> So, again, man, I really appreciate you guys, the Doty family. And, obviously, man, it's a blast watching you. And we can't wait for the spring game next weekend. And, of course, sure. man, and you know, hey, it never stopped in South Carolina. But the Not 2022 season to get here. And before you know it, man, total meat, leather, and Willie B. And we'll be knocking out the 2020 man. But, no, Luke, That's seriously, right. man, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, let's definitely do it again soon for sure. Absolutely.
I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, man. He's Luke Doty. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Spurs Up Show. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.